I've been a franchisee and I think a lot of people, they get a little bit hung up on CRMs or is there too much competition? And the way that we look at every concept that we do an acquisition with, one of the things that's important for us is we want there to be a ton of competition. That's important. That is Zach Butler. He is the founding partner of Horsepower Brands. And I am Yul Smith. I am the host of the Franchise and Funding Insights podcast. And the question is, why is having a ton of competition important? And why should that matter to you if you're considering a franchise? Now, let's begin the show. Zach, I want to welcome you to Franchise and Funding Insights. I know you're in Omaha because you were kind enough to invite me to come visit your office and your team. And uh, I learned a ton visiting you guys. Your background is fascinating to me, but before I get into your background, because we had a chance to talk about it on one of our bus trips, uh, what are you grateful for today that helped you get, who or what are you grateful for that helped you get where you are today? Uh, It's a great question, and there's, I have a lot to be grateful for. I have a loving, beautiful wife. I have fantastic kids, a successful business, food on the table, you name it. But I think... Mm -hmm. Looking back at my past and my history in franchising, I'm grateful that I was in the right place at the right time with the right people. And that trajectory that that set me on is just is, is, is I'm extremely grateful for. There's been some fantastic people in this industry that have gotten me to where I am. And I think that's what I loved about franchising is it's a small world, but you'd be surprised. You can go to your number one competitor and they'll give you all the secrets and all the help so that you can be successful. I've never been a part of an industry like that or heard of anything like that. I've worked with the restaurant industry for many years, and the two number one competitors in New Orleans is Acme Oyster House and Dragos. And while they're fierce competitors, they work together on the hill to, to deal with issues. They share issues. And that is rare. It's extremely rare. But you know what? That's leadership, too. That has a lot to do with the industry. And I'm very grateful for that. All right. Your story, your backstory, you just alluded to it, is how you got into the industry. And you've got a pretty fascinating journey how you got into this. Yeah. So it's a, it's quite a roller coaster. So I started at a as a part-time associate at a, a retail nutrition store called Complete Nutrition. And uh, I was right place, right time, walking by the store and my now brother-in-law was sitting in there and his brother worked there. I somehow got a job there and I was good at that. And then sooner or later he left and then the other person quit and the other person didn't work out and I became the manager by default. And I remember I asked, how much does a manager make? And they said 85000 a year. And I was like, well, I want to be the manager. And how old were you at the time? You I, was, I was 18, yeah. You were, oh my gosh. Okay. And so I was good at that. And that was a newer company that didn't have a lot of structure and so it allowed – a young, a young wannabe entrepreneur to, to thrive. And they began to franchise. And the whole story around that concept was the gentleman that was the founder owned the top grossing GNCs in the country and basically sold them back to start this. And shortly after I became a manager, they began their journey to franchise. So I had this backseat look at, hey, we're going to create our the first franchise. And, uh, and you were part of the product development boards, the strategy, the CRM testing. 
And they opened the first location in Sioux Falls and they had a lot of success. And I thought, why? This is exactly what I'm supposed to do. And so I went to the founder with this business plan and said that you could make X amount of money on me as a manager, or I could replace myself with somebody you can pay less and I can go be a franchisee and you can make money on me that way. And he said, sign me up. And he sponsored an SBA loan and I moved to Florida, didn't know a soul and opened my first franchise location when I was 21. Wow. And uh, that was great. I, over a million bucks the first year. Bought a Mercedes, thought I was king of the world. And from the day I opened up my first location, I'll never forget, I made more money than I thought I would. But from day one to having my, to fast forward to 36 months, maybe even a little bit less, I had seven locations from the day I opened to three years and where we were on a $8 million trajectory. And when I think back to then, we were just doing this. It was just crazy. And what we've learned is that in weight loss, Two things happen after you sell someone a weight loss supplement. It either works and they don't come back and buy it again, or it doesn't work and they don't come back and buy it again. <laughs> and so at that exact same time of that inflection, Amazon started selling supplements and bodybuilding.com started selling supplements. And so it just completely flipped that concept on its head. And I was overextended. I was personally guaranteed on every one of my leases for 10 years, which I really wasn't even, I didn't have a good understanding on. And at, I think, 24 years old, I filed bankruptcy, lost everything. Wow. And there was another gentleman who had a handful of stores, 10 or 12. And I'll never forget, I it was a way for me to get a chunk of the pie long term. And I said, I'll work for $23,000 a year salary. And or I think it may have been distribution. And that paid all of my bills to like the cent. And we grew that from 10 or 12 locations to 68 locations in three or four years and achieved $40 million in revenue. Did that for about a decade and got to the point to where the brain was going in one direction and my partner and I couldn't agree. So I sold my equity and I got into consulting and franchise development. And the first brand that I worked on was my now partner's first brand, Monster Tree Service. Mm -hmm. And there are some people that you're just destined to meet. We hit it off. We launched that business, built it up. We sold it to private equity. We then did it a second time. And in this entire time in the background, I was doing consulting and development for five or six other concepts. And we had the opportunity to decide that we wanted to do something different in franchising and disrupt the space. And we launched Horsepower Brands. We officially started the entity name or filed for the entity LLC in the beginning of 2020. And we awarded our first franchise location in February of 2021. So let's go back just a second. You, you saw something... You've got this wild roller coaster of a ride up and down. You're probably grateful, I'm sure. At the time, you weren't grateful when you crashed and burned at the age of what, 24 years old. But that probably formed how why you're having success today, I would suspect. Well, it's, uh, it leads to my favorite quote is that good decisions come from experience, and experience comes from bad decisions. <laughs> and I saw that in your presentation while I was up at your office. I remember that very well. Okay. Obviously, you've taken a different approach than some other groups, other franchise groups. That's through, you saw something, you saw a window of opportunity, which is a, basically rooted in a problem. What was that? So I was a franchisee that was successful. I was a franchisee that lost everything, and then I was a franchisee that rebuilt. 
and we were almost a mini franchisor inside of a franchise. We owned 35% of the entire system. Mm-hmm. And what we learned in franchising is if you're going to roll out systems and processes, it has to be done four different ways to really give you 80 to 90% coverage across different personalities and backgrounds, et cetera. So as I started consulting and helping brands get some explosive growth behind them, you realize that they don't have any experience in franchising. They're just on their first journey. And what they don't understand is they don't understand how expensive it's going to be. They don't understand that the level of support that they believe that they need to provide is not sufficient. And so as we started working with more and more brands, it was just very obvious that there was a lack of support to franchisees Mm -hmm. with this optimistic expectation that, oh, they're going to do better than I will. But that franchisor had never built a business today. They built it a decade ago. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these franchisors just didn't really understand that they're going to now have to build new businesses all around the country in a different age, at a different time, and they they had no experience doing that. And so when we got together, we had now built at that time, my partner and I, we had then built two brands with success, and we had learned a lot from the first brand. I would say we, we licked our wounds from the first brand of our mistakes and then got into the second brand, improved, but still made lots of mistakes. And then we launched our third brand, which was Mighty Dog Roofing. We did it with a different type of, I think, expectation of the amount of support that we had to provide. We came into that with a whole different perspective. Was that the first brand under horsepower? That was the first brand under horsepower. Now, I'm curious. I love branding. Why the name horsepower? I have a suspicion, but I would like to hear why the brand. So we actually thought of the Mighty Dog name first, believe it or not, and then we said so we need an umbrella name and we we spent like six weeks on this idea. I don't it took us forever. And finally I said, what do people when we go to these conferences, what do people talk about? My Josh and I are part my partner. What, what do they say? And we just got back from a conference and somebody said uh, they always say that you guys bring explosive growth or you guys put the horsepower behind it now. Boom. There it is. And I'm a farm kid and we raise cattle and I was like, that's right up our alley, horsepower. That makes a lot of sense. Now, the brands you have, why don't you identify the brands you have? You all went over a lot with me when I was there, and there's so much to unpack. The marketing piece I really took away, the way you help people hire, it was impressive with me. There's a number of things. What do you hang your hat on? And, and, and let's talk about the, the umbrella brands you have, too, real quick. Yeah, so we're, we're in home services. So all of our brands are going to be centered around home services. We have Mighty Dog Roofing which is roofing, gutters, siding, and solar. Mm-hmm. We have Blingle, which is outdoor lighting, which is holiday, landscaping, and event lighting. We have iFoam insulation, which is spray foam insulation, blow-in insulation, both residential and commercial. We have Heroes Lawn Care, which is an interesting concept. It's four franchise concepts in one. It's fertilization, irrigation, pet waste removal, and mosquito prevention. So all centered around the home, all residual services. Our fifth brand was Gatsby Glass. It's interior, exterior, non-structural glass. Mm-hmm. So frameless shower doors, commercial interior glass. Then we have Groovy Hughes Painting, which is exterior, interior painting and renovations. And our last was Bumblebee, our Bumblebee Blinds, which is window coverings. And then our most recent brand is Stand Strong Fencing, which is residential commercial fencing. Oh, wow. So that was new. Since Brand you know. new. You're the first one that's getting to hear it. Oh, wow. I was just in Omaha. Omaha LSU just won the national championship. I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana. I'm telling shit. So 
by the time it was a day off. <laughs> close. Yeah, very close. But that's all right. So, all right. So talk about what, I mean, you all really provide the back of house support in a way that really makes it turnkey for somebody so that somebody's coming in, they've got the systems and processes, and they can focus on the business rather than being mired in all the minutiae of the business itself. Talk about the pillars, if you would, of what you all provide on the back end for all those different brands. I think it's important to remember that most franchisees are first-time business owners. Mm -hmm. And when you're a first-time business owner and you're getting into a new industry that you're not familiar with, because I'd say that out of all of our concepts, like in our roofing concept, we have 400 territories awarded and none of our franchisees have a a lick of roofing background. They're all coming into this with, I don't know how to install a roof. Mm -hmm. And when I look at the support, we look at first, number one, that nobody's coming into this as an entrepreneur. They're all first time business owners. So how do we, as a, as our business model, how do we make money? We need revenue to collect royalties on. Well, if you can allow the franchisees to hire better people, take their focus off of their P and L and provide financial support, field phone calls to schedule estimates, drive more leads to them through advertising, provide good data analysis for them to make decisions. They can spend more and more time on building their business. Mm -hmm. And the faster they can do that, the faster they cash flow, the faster they do that, the more revenue they produce. And two things happen with that. Culture improves within the brand. The feedback that those franchisees give people looking to buy into the franchise in the future is far better because they're profitable and they're making money and they're growing their businesses. And for our business, they produce more revenue, which we collect royalties on. Where I think a lot of franchisors miss the boat is that they're penny wise and dollar foolish by saying that we can't afford to invest in those things. And we look at it as how could you not? Mm-hmm. And the reason that we recognize that is that we've been down that road. We know that average unit volume is what helps franchisees grow. And things that we can take off their plate to let them focus makes a big difference. And I love the quote, focus creates wealth, diversification preserves it. Mm-hmm. You can focus your mind on something, you can really move the needle. But if you focus your attention on too many things, you don't really get much movement. And, and just picking on the marketing side and the accounting side, just having somebody help with the books on the backside, you know, that's huge. Oh, yeah. and the, so it's we have a so by, by us have, handling the bookkeeping, we can do it at a lower cost. Yeah. We can make sure that they get a, a proven P or a, a completed PL by the 21st of every month. Every franchisee is on the same exact chart of accounts, mm-hmm. which allows us to give reports on profitability. So we can say, as a system starts to grow and hits a certain level, we can provide reporting on here's the revenue or marketing as a percent of revenue. Here's what the labor costs are. And it's all apples to apples. And we've never been able to do that before, except for under horsepower. Right. Now, and then the marketing piece, that's fascinating because you all can. The amount of data that you all collect, you know exactly how much you turn up the marketing. Almost, you could probably predict with the revenue, the bump in revenue that they'll get because you're all so precise. Which all we can, but I think it's also important to understand. What I know is that if you're a, if you're a franchisee and you just go through training day one, you'll you're and we say, hey, go out and create referral partnerships. Go out and meet with a builder and a realtor. They're sitting there going, I don't know jack squat about outdoor lighting, how am I going to go talk to a builder and sound confident? Mm -hmm. And so what we know and what we recognize is that we have to say, 
here's who you're going to meet with. Here's a list of builders, a list of, of lighting professionals, a list of decorators or realtors. Here's the materials that you're going to take with you. We're going to role play with you how to speak to these things. We're going to, in a CRM, allow you to track your meetings with those types of people. It's going to have a script of what to say, a follow-up procedure. Mm-hmm. It's got It's completely baked out. And we learned this, I would say, way back in the day where it would have to, we really have to provide enough structure to take it from A to Z. So not just feed them breakfast, but put the plate down, cook the food, put the food on the plate, pick their hand up, grab the fork, grab the egg, put it in their mouth, and then wipe <laughs> the mouth. It's got to be completely baked out because you're going to be different. You're going to be, you're going to be very talented at some things and I'm not and vice versa. And so you can't build a process that is solely dependent on the A plus players. It's got to be well rounded in a lot of support, very detailed. In the back end, I just I can't emphasize that enough with what y'all do. What's the number one mistake somebody looking for a franchise that they that they make? It's it's looking at the investment level and making your decision solely on the investment level. Yeah. And so what I know is that a concept that costs five hundred thousand should net you significantly better returns and margin dollars than a concept that costs a hundred thousand. Okay. And so I just was talking to a candidate. I almost didn't move forward with, I think it was our iPhone brand, which is like a $700,000 investment. And I almost bought this donut concept, which is like 100000 I go, but I guess, but, but why? And they said, just less risky. I go, if you're looking to invest some money and make five to 10 grand a year, a 10% return on 100 grand is not that much. But when you can build a significantly large business, that nets you larger returns, it's going to be more expensive. And I think I look at a lot of candidates that are solely, they make decisions based on investment level versus saying, what type of business do I want to build? What are my abilities? And then taking a look at what type of opportunities are going to take me, what vehicles or what widget is going to get me there. Regardless of the cost at first, there's obviously got to be a level that they can afford. But that's a big mistake that I think people make is that they look at investment level and they fail to understand that their return is going to be somewhat dependent on that investment level. And what is a good return for the service sector is a good, a really very good business. What is a reasonable return if you were to average it, or maybe you want to point out some specific. I think you, you have to look at how are they paying cash, which if are they doing SBA? So if they're doing SBA and they're putting 20 grand in or some 20% in, and let's just say the concept costs 500,000, mm-hmm. that's a hundred thousand dollars of their cash. Let's say that they're in the market and they make, seven to ten percent so they would make seven to ten percent on that cash mm-hmm. and so i look at it two ways i think you got to look at it and go and what type of return can i get on my cash in the business year over year mm-hmm. and it should be far larger than that mm-hmm. but when you look at the asset that you're building at exit you've now built an engine that ha- creates cash flow that should net you and we'll just say 10 to 30 percent depending on which concept you're looking at okay assuming that you're obviously an effective operator. And then from there you go, I've now built this business that's let's say generating $100,000 in income a year. And you, as you scale and build it, you can then sell that business mm-hmm. for an additional level of, of capital. The net return you get on your capital is significantly different. Mm-hmm. And that's how people create wealth. 
But at the same time, you're getting a much better return on your time, I think, by when you look at going to sell that business someday, which we are pretty flat out with franchisees by saying, we assume that you're building this up to sell it, which we want you to do. Let us help you build the best model possible to get you the best return on your EBITDA. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Any other key advice you'd give to somebody considering a franchise? And then we'll wrap up with your vision. And So I've been a franchisee, and I think a lot of people – they get a little bit hung up on CRMs or is there too much competition? And the way that we look at every concept that we do an acquisition with, one of the things that's important for us is we want there to be a ton of competition. That's important. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, we want that competition to be fragmented. That is where I think if you look at what franchising is, it's a repeatable process with a local owner that's nationally backed that can leverage technology. What better place for that type of model to thrive than an industry with a lack of technology, a lack of trust, highly competitive, a lot of consumer demand, but where that that com- that competition is very fragmented, I think that puts us in a big place to win. But I, I hear a lot of times, well, there, I just feel like there's too much competition. I go, would you let there be no competition and have to go out there and actually prove that your concept has interest? That's terrifying to me. Let Elon Musk do that. I think let's just focus on building up a large amount of wealth through business ownership. Yeah, I agree with that philosophy 100%. What's the vision for the business? You all growing. So we got a lot of growth left. So we have our home services arm, which is the brands that we just went over. We have our supporting verticals. So we have seven to eight different entities that support our franchisees from the call center, the marketing company, accounting company. We have a fleet organization that buys vehicles ahead of the franchisees funding. There's several strategies that we're working with currently. One is to take those verticals out to other franchisors where we can then increase the cost to them and then lower the cost to our franchisees. We're also looking at potentially bringing on another arm of industries or brands. And then for us, we have more experience in franchising launching emerging brands. As of today, no one has launched more emerging brands in the history of franchising from one to 100 than us. So we are very well experienced, we're very well motivated, and we're very well capitalized. So we're looking at, we want to we be the dominant player that sets the tone of what should be done in franchising. Zach, I, I see nothing but blue sky for your business. <laughs> it's a blue ocean, for sure. It is. It is. Folks, if you want to learn about what Zach and his team are doing, I'm working with all of us his directors of all the different brands that he mentioned, you can get in touch with me at franchiseandfunding.com. That's franchiseandfunding.com. Zach, I want to thank you. I appreciate it. I look forward to working with your team. Absolutely. Appreciate the time. And that is a wrap with Zach. I'm a poet and I didn't know it. (laughs) Hey, Mark Twain said it. Good decisions come from experience. Experience comes from bad decisions. And that is the life lesson right here in this conversation we just had with Zach. For some, hitting bankruptcy at the age of 24 would have broke him. He took what he learned from that and turned it around and built an entire business empire. And if you'd like to learn about some of the franchises that he mentioned, reach out to me at franchiseandfunding.com. Hit the contact us button and I'll get in touch with you. Now, I'll be interviewing some of his franchise directors coming up shortly, and I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the special Franchise and Funding Insights podcast. 
And um, you know what to do. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while with me, be intentional and make this a great day. Take care.